My name is Aiden Carney. So known as Turtle Boy. He is a senior editor for Turtle Boy Daily News. I'm a big fan. So we've broken hundreds of stories uh, that the mainstream media won't touch. From blogger in Massachusetts who's getting to the bottom of this better than anybody. Why is it Turtle Boy that is covering such important issues? Where is the rest of the media? You need to not say that you were going to take my baby out of revenge and make him a transgender baby. Stop it. Don't you want to ask some questions? I know you do. I do. I, I know People don't like the things that I say and want me to stop saying them. But I won't. I'm never going to stop. These are the kind of stories that must be told. Welcome to the live show, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it's going to piss me off in the top. Uh, I got to fix that. I got to fix this. That thing's going to annoy the shit out of me if I don't fix it. Hold on. Oh, 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 nope. We don't want, we don't need that. Hold on. What is it this side? No, it's this side, right? Okay. So we're going to do this. Oh, 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 nope. That makes it worse. Yeah, it makes it same, but worse. What's going on? How about whatever? Okay. Good enough. We're going to have to deal with it. It's just going to annoy me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be able to concentrate the whole show if it's like that. Let's find the right medium. Okay. I think that's good enough. All right. Welcome to the live show, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host. They call me, my real name's Aiden. It used to be Clarence. Then the cops took that from me. I, I can't even say I'm Clarence with Emerson anymore. 
because they stole my identity. They stole my clearance with Emerson Facebook account, and I can't get it back. So make sure you're following uh, my new account with my real name, Aiden Carney, K-E-A-R-N-E-Y, on Facebook. I'm up to like 12,000 followers on there in a couple weeks. Clarence had 40. I would like that back, but uh, we'll get it back eventually. I might even change my name. might use my real name on there, not my Mark Twain name, but uh, you can also call me. I got a lot of aliases. You can see them on my mugshot. Some people call me Journalism Jesus. Some call me Uncle Turtle Boy. Some call me Doctor because I am a doctor. If Joe Biden's a doctor, then so am I. And uh, lately, people have been calling me Daddy, and that's kind of got a ring to it. So Whatever you want to call me, you can call me. Just be here every Tuesday and Saturday night at 9 p.m. And make sure you smash that subscribe button and hit the notification bell because you never know when we're going to do an impromptu live. Like maybe we'll do one tomorrow after court. I can't imagine a world in which I don't do an impromptu live tomorrow. So make sure you hit that notification bell. I don't have a show tomorrow, um, but I am jumping on a stream with another guy tomorrow. Uh, His name, uh, he's on, uh, let me see. What's this channel called? I don't want to get his channel wrong. Um, the Broken Baker, I believe. Yes, The Broken Baker. Uh, he's he's buddies with the um, Making Law Simple people who I really enjoyed going on with a week or two ago uh, to cover the charges against me. So he's into that kind of stuff. I always like going on new channels like that uh, where I get to experience a new audience. Uh, just, you know, reach people that we haven't reached before. Talk to new people, interesting people who want to talk about the legal aspects of the Karen Reed case and in my case too, because, you know, they're trying to lock me up. They're trying to put me in a box so we can't do this anymore. We can't communicate. We can't report the news. We can't talk. We can't hold fun Halloween parties where three people dress up as Jill Daniels at her finest moment. We can't do that anymore. And roast beef Ronnie wins awards and like crazy shit happens. We can't do that. So uh, they they don't want us to do that at least, but we're going to keep doing it anyway, because, we can't stop this movement, man. It's too big. It's too important. And uh, we're getting the word out there too effectively, which is why they want to shut us up, et cetera. So, uh, yeah. What else? Tomorrow. I actually, we'll get to tomorrow in a minute. Uh, follow all the socials in the bio below at Dr. Turtle Boy on Twitter, D-E-O-C-T-O-R Turtle Boy. Follow my Facebook, the Instagram. It's all in the bio below. It's really growing fast lately. So just hook it up. Join the revolution. You'll love it. If you want to join Turtle Club, we do a stream on Thursdays. $15 a month, you get ad-free on the website, plus access to the Thursday stream that no one else gets. So it's a cool little thing to do. We got tons of new merch. And all the mugshot merch is in the store. Go get it in the Turtle Boy store. And if you guys like the show and you'd like to uh, donate to the show, let me actually pull this up so I have this ready to rock. Give me one sec. One sec. Hold on. Uh, where'd it go? You can click at the link at the top. There should be a link at the top, at least for it. Um, and that should be that should bring you to something called uh, Turtle Chat. You can donate whatever amount of money you want on there. And when you do so, you get to write a message. And I will get an email notification about that or something, some notification about that. And I will be able to read your message out loud to the class. I think to, like Mike G, uh, we've already got a couple. We've already got a couple today. So... Uh, Mike G sends $25 and says, give him hell tomorrow. Belichick has got to go. Mike from Norwell. Yeah. By the way, if you, somebody put this in the justice group and I was just cracking up. They put a picture of, uh, 
I don't know if it was a candy bar, what kind of candy it was. And they, you know, everybody always like opens up the candies as a fucking razor blade in or some shit or some weed. I never get the ones with weed. When's that one coming? But, uh, and Ken, you're opening them up. There's taillight everywhere. There's taillight in my Milky Way. Oh, Michael Proctor, up to his old tricks, sprinkling taillight everywhere, isn't he, folks? So, uh, again, you can click on it. Uh, let's see. DW also sends 25 bucks and says, Good luck tomorrow, Unc. Hope uh, you and your attorney kick their asses. Can't wait till the tide turns in this case and we can all celebrate the bad guys getting what they deserve. Prison time. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? It's, uh, I really hope it comes any day now. That'd be really cool if that happened. So, wow, Hillary. Hillary donates $100. Thank you, Hillary. Very kind to you. And she said, Your state police takedown recap was fantastic. Well, thank you. Are you talking about the blog I wrote on Monday? Because that blog that I published on Monday, just about all the historical shit, right? Oh, the turtle chat's not pinned to the top. Is that right? Oh, we didn't pin it to the top. Hold on. Hold on. I got to pin it to the top. I'm so used to it being there. Hold on. One moment. Turtle chat. Okay. Let me pin that joint. Pin. Okay. Now it's pinned to the top. Thank you. Or you can uh, cash at me at dollar sign Uncle Turtle Boy. That's dollar sign Uncle Turtle Boy. Let me see if we got any cash apps in thus far. Hmm. Okay. Well, last one was yesterday. So we got none so far. That's okay. If we get them, I'll get notified about it. So you can cash at me at dollar sign Uncle Turtle Boy. Or you can do the turtle chat, which is now pinned to the top of this and donate that way if you'd like. So tomorrow is a big day. Obviously we're going to discuss two things tonight. We're going to discuss uh, the motion that Ken Mello filed today, which is hilarious uh, in light of tomorrow's hearing. And then we're going to talk about the Karen Reed case. We're still all about that life. And the Karen Reed case had a 64 page filing in the SJC, which could really make or break this case. If judge Kafker rules the way that we all hope he does and the way that I, I don't know if I could say this, that he should rule. Like, I think he should rule this way. I don't know if that's witness intimidation. That's what the state has told me recently. If you, if you say that they, they should, if you have an opinion that a judge should rule a certain way and you say that they should do it, that's apparently witness in, intimidation. Now they, I guess, or something. I don't know. Maybe Chris Albert got his feelings hurt over that. I don't know. I don't know. It's very confusing how this shit works. But tomorrow, my hearing is at 3 o'clock. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be streamed. I, I don't know how long. There's going to be a lot of court dates. I don't know if the media is going to be at every one. But they should be. They've been at them so far. And God, I hope WCVB is there tomorrow. So tomorrow is a big day for this at 3 o'clock. You're more than welcome to come. I just ask no pajamas, no ripping butts on the stairhouse steps. Like, let's look presentable, please. Can we look presentable? I feel like that's not too much to ask. So uh, look presentable, act presentable, be presentable. You know, you represent the brand almost when you're out there. So, you know, let's look sharp, guys. Let's look sharp. So you're more than that doesn't mean you can't wear a free can reach shirt because you look sharp in those. Uh, the whole front row had them on the other day and it was great to see. I walked into court. There's just like 30, 35 people in there already. Great to see. The courtroom could probably fit, I don't know, like 150 people. It's a big courtroom as far as courtrooms go. So 
I'm, I'll be in Dedham at Norfolk Superior Court at 3 p.m. We will be there to do what we were supposed to do on Thursday and have a hearing to modify the conditions of bail. Because as of right now, I am free on no bail, despite facing eight, fel nine felony charges. I am free on bail, which shows you how what a joke these charges are. That there's no bail, but there are stay away orders that all eight of the so-called witnesses or victims who didn't really witness anything and aren't victims of anything, they have stay away orders on me, which are, uh, as the judge described, overly broad on purpose. He said that they're overly broad on purpose. So that needs to be revisited. That opens us up for appeal because as we're going to see, my ability to conduct business as usual is stunted by that, to say the least. There are a lot of things that get in the way of that. And I wrote about it uh, in an affidavit that I have submitted to the court and it's going to be presented to the course. It's basically a recitation of yesterday's blog, right? That people were mentioning there. And, you know, this blog didn't get as many views as other blogs got, but I got to be honest, I think it was my finest. I, I, ch I tried to challenge my inner Alan Jackson on this, uh, on this filing. There's a lot of words that Alan Jackson writes and uses in his, uh, um, uh, in his pleadings that, uh, I like, and so I use them too. So again, this was a, a brief interaction that happened in court on Wednesday that or Thursday rather that gave us kind of like some insight about what's probably going to be on tap for tomorrow. So judge Krupp was asking, made it clear. This is a first amendment case. And he was asking my attorney about the rolling rally. And this is what happened. I invite the court to look so, at. So your view is that a, a journalist can bring a dozen other cars honking horns in front of the neighbor in front of a witness's house and calling out to the neighbors to uh, call on their neighbor to do the right thing. So the answer to that question, and you know, I've talked to my, my keep in mind, he'll be, he's fine. He'll be a lot of, I've heard some people that are, have had some negative comments. He'll be fine guys. Trust me. He knows what he's doing. He's an experienced attorney. Uh, it was the first day I thought he did fine. Uh, it, but, we, we're going to have a, a much more aggressive strategy moving forward on this case. Let's put it that way. But um, he's also not entire, like he's not a diehard turtle rider. Like unless you're one of us, you're not, you don't, you're not, you don't remember every detail of the rolling rally and what happened. Obviously you guys do a lot of you guys do, but not everybody does. So he, I got to catch him up to speed on a lot of stuff about what happened. And like I said, um, and this is basically, this blog right here is basically the affidavit that I is has now been submitted into the court documents, which the judge will be reading tomorrow. Right. Um, the, the, the honking he, the judge is referring to exclusively took place at the Canton police department and they were done by motorists who were not involved in the protest itself. Big rigs. Remember we were standing at the Canton police department and all these cars were honking. They weren't even part of the protest. They just liked us. I'm sorry. People like us. There's also people honking at my arraignment in Stoughton. There will probably be people honking tomorrow. Let's, I heard them all throughout my hearing the other day. There's going to be people honking. It's what they do. It's how people speak. Like Honking is speech. Whether or not you, you, you find it pleasant or not, 
It is in fact legally protected speech and I didn't direct him so it doesn't matter. On top of that, the answer more importantly to Judge Krupp is yes, yes, that is legally protected speech. I was not acting as a journalist in that capacity. I was acting in my capacity as an activist. I have three roles. I am an award-winning journalist. I am a civil rights activist and somewhat of a political icon. And I'm a satirist. I'm funny. I make jokes. I do routines, right? I have an act that I do. It's all, it's all, I mix it all together. That's what makes this show so intriguing to people. Then there's nothing like it that exists on the internet, right? With those three things, political activist, award-winning journalist, hilarious satirist. You can't beat that. Can't beat it out there. Also, I run a sex cult on Thursdays. So there's that. Anyway, um, and people call me daddy. I mean, I, I got a lot going on here. But I would like to point out to Judge Krupp that, uh, yeah, honking, we're, living, we're talking about honking. We're talking about the constitutionality of honking right now. We are less than 10 miles away from where a bunch of people in December of 1773, almost 250 years ago to the date, went on to a, a British ship and began throwing tea into the harbor, which kickstarted a revolution, which led to the creation of the greatest nation on earth, one that is supposed to uphold free speech one that is supposed to protect us from tyranny and oppression, the exact opposite that is happening to me right now. These people are spitting in the faces of our founding fathers and everything that this country was built on. And we need the judge to do something about that. Martin Luther King organized the Birmingham protest. He illegally, like Martin Luther King got locked up all the time, man, all the time because unjust laws are supposed to be violated. I didn't violate any law, but Martin Luther King did. And the whole point was to flood the jails with peaceful protesters, get media attention. Civil rights icon John Lewis famously, famously said, never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. Not all trouble is bad trouble. Some trouble is good trouble. Liberals love to use that quote. And now I am using it. I'm taking their words and I'm using them because I'm a civil rights activist too. Like John Lewis, he's one of my heroes. So we need to, that's what we're out there doing. We're causing good trouble, right? And why, when do you do, when do you need good trouble? Quote, that is what we believed in, what we were all about. A mass movement, an irresistible movement of the masses. Not a handful of lawyers in a closed courtroom, but hundreds, thousands of everyday people disciplined, peaceful people taking their cause and their belief to the streets. That is exactly what we did. That is a description of the rolling rally. We see an unjust thing happening in the Cameron Reed case and we do something about it. We take to the streets. That is literally the most American thing you can possibly do. And these fascists think who are no different, who are no different, from the racist police officers in Alabama and Georgia, Mississippi, who tried to imprison nonviolent activists advocating for civil rights, who tried to take hoses out and German shepherds and have them bite innocent people and children, including children, 
who are nonviolent. They are Brian Tully is no different from them, except he's also a pedo because he watches children at bus stops in my neighborhood. So that is what we're fighting for here. We're not just fighting for some my right to troll on the internet. We are right fighting for the right to gather peacefully and take to the streets and voice our opposition to what is quite clearly an injustice. And men with guns and the powerful, the elite, think that they can throw us in jail for doing it. And we're not having it. We're not having it. You fucked with the wrong people, Michael Morrissey. You awoke daddy. Daddy's ready to fuck. Let's go. I'm ready. This is the biggest mistake you ever made in your life. And you weigh 400 pounds. And that's saying something. So in the summer of 2020, keep in mind, what was the common refrain from protesters, BLM? It was no justice, no peace. I don't see justice in the Karen Reed case. And so as long as there is no justice, there will be no peace. And if you have a problem with me saying that, then you're going to have to lock up every single BLM protester who participated in those often violent riots in the summer of 2020. They did that before Derek Chauvin was arrested and charged with killing George Floyd. And like Turtle Boy, and I'm not comparing myself to these people because my people don't burn, loot, and do shit like that. They're peaceful. But what we do have in common is that we're speaking out against what we believe is corruption and justice. And the most effective way to gain the attention of the government and to do have them fix this wrong is to take to the streets. It's the most American thing possible. AOC said it herself, quote, the whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable, Judge Krupp. So yes, Judge Krupp, people honking their horns, that's the point. Even though I didn't do that, that's the point. We're supposed to be disruptive. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. Protests are supposed to make you uneasy. And you're like, I don't like, and you're not supposed to like it. You don't have to like it, but we have a right to do it. It's the most American thing you could do. Or how about Ayanna Presley, who said, quote, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Well, there is unrest in the lives of Karen Reed's entire family and all of her friends. So as long as there is unrest in the lives of innocent people like Karen Reed, there needs to be unrest in the streets. Ayanna Presley is the chosen elected leader from towns in Norfolk County. I am doing as she asked, as the elected representative of Randolph, which is in Norfolk County, directed us to do. I am following her command. If you have a problem with me, take it up with Ayanna Presley. I'm doing what she told me to do. We are creating unrest in the streets. All of these things are designed to create political change, right? We know what the Boston Tea Party set off. We know that B, the BLM protests, one of the most, one of the things that they actually did that was good was create the post commission, which I was unsure of at first. 
But I now I realize that the post commission is actually a very good thing because we shouldn't allow people like Matthew Farwell, who murdered Sandra Birchmore. She didn't kill herself. She was murdered by him to move from one town like the Stoughton police to another town police department without this coming up on the registry. So that's what the post commission creates, a registry of officers who have problematic conduct in their history. We need, it's not hard to weed out the bad cops. There are bad cops. Of course, there's bad every profession. And in any profession, we should weed out the bad ones. In teaching, we should weed out the diddlers. And I feel like we did that as teachers. Diddlers were figured out real quick and they were gone. It's like with police, the ones that go around doing bad shit, we can, it's, it ain't brain surgery to figure out who they are. They got to go. Not, it's, this is not controversial, right? So what we're doing is no different from what any of these people did. We're coming together. We're fighting oppressive governments, okay, uh, that are trying to, you know, if you're trying to send innocent people to jail, then the government itself is oppressive. If you're coming into an award-winning journalist's house and violating his First and Fourth Amendment rights, then you are an oppressive government. And we need to take nonviolent action in order to do something, in order to make our voices heard that this is not acceptable. The rolling rally through Canton, we do not concede that the, that the honking was from our people. We do, I, we do not concede that. However, however, honking is not disallowed it is protected speech it is loud it is annoying but it is protected because the mo like anyone can protect speech it's very easy for the government to protect speech that backs them up it's very easy for the government to back speech that says michael proctor is doing a great job that's easy speech for them to back up even though it's a lie the hard speech for them to protect is when we say Michael Proctor is a scumbag who should be thrown in jail for the rest of his life and not allowed to have conjugal visits. That is the speech that we need to protect. That is the most important speech. If you do not protect uncomfortable speech, and I'm talking about like, you guys, we got to get out of our heads. Like some of the most shocking shit you hear is the most important shit that you, like the most offensive things, anything that you, you hear and you're like, oh man, that's horrible. Yeah, that, that's the shit that needs to be protected. Because once we start lowering the bar and, and letting arbitrary me means decide what is and isn't offensive, then we don't have free speech anymore. That bar is going to keep on getting lower and lower and lower. So we have to protect the most offensive speech possible, including honking, Your Honor. Additionally, I've been staying for weeks that we were going there. The Canton police chief did nothing to stop it at any point she could have made a protest uh, made a post and said we're not allowing this to happen in our town can't call this off if i got there we announced what time we were coming i broadcasted on youtube they could have followed us around they could have met us when we entered the town of canton and said that this assembly is in violation of whatever 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 but they didn't they let it happen and that's how you know it's not a crime because the police allowed it to happen. So I'm not hiding what I did. You know, does this look like witness intimidation to you? You say you never compromise. 
Asian. Oh no! Look at that. Oh man, so scary. So scary. He's not selling any alibi. So scary. Oh my god. As you stare into the vacuum of his eyes and say, Do you want to? Make a oh, there's the Proctor's house. It's so scary. It's so scary. How does it feel? Oh my God! All these people. It's so violent. Oh my gosh! How did? Look at this. Like, look at, like, oh my gosh! This is this is the Proctor household. Look at all the violence. By the way, they said in the charging documents that we stood on their lawn and spit on their driveway. They said that. I must have missed that. Where we. Sp- First of all, anyone, anyone could spit on a driveway. It's not a crime. And anyone can, if, if you feel somebody trespassed, then, then issue a trespassing citation. But as you can see, that didn't happen. It's just, there's a goddamn lemonade stand across the street at the Proctor's house. It was a wonderful, peaceful day. It was one of the greatest days in Turtle Boy history. And they're trying to criminalize this. They're saying that this, this is, this thing, this made Michael Proctor scared. How is he scared from this? And how is it my fault that he has an irrational fear of something? That That's not my problem. If you have an irrational fear of something, that's not a me problem. That's a you problem. You need to figure that out, not me. You need to figure out how to deal with that. So, I mean, where, where's the violence? Hello, I just, here we go. Oh, there's Gretchen Voss, by the way. There's reporter Gretchen Voss standing right there. She was there the entire time. Is she getting locked up? She was, she was there. She was by my side the whole freaking time. She's now gone to the McAlvert side, clearly. She was at my arraignment sitting with the McAlverts. But she was there the entire time. And I could be a, a Gretchen Voss. Gre- you know why Gretchen Voss isn't locked up and I am? Because, by the way, Gretchen Voss reached out to all these people, too, for comment. Gretchen Voss attended the rolling rally, which apparently is illegal. But she wrote a story that was favorable to the government and to the McAlberts. So she doesn't go to jail. I write stories that are not favorable to the government, that are critical of the government and the McAlberts. So I have to go to jail. That's what they're saying here. So the government likes useless slugs like Gretchen Voss. They like people like that because they don't, they're not a threat to their power. They're not using their first amendment rights to criticize the government and potentially cause people to turn against the government. They don't, they don't mind people like that. I mean, look at this, look Look at people brought their freaking children here. Like, Look at all these people. These are a threat. Oh, oh, that's legal, Judge Brock. Look how happy everyone is. Look at this. Look at this. This is what Judge Krupp, I mean, it's like, so he's only read the charging documents. I guarantee he hasn't, like, actually watched any of this. You know, the purpose of these, and by the way, I am, I specifically announced, I have a 22-minute video here of me doing nothing but telling people to remain peaceful and say that I'm not a threat. When I went to Jennifer McCabe's house, 
at the 41 uh, 30 mark. I point out that she has no trespassing signs. And so I agree not to step foot on her property. And then there's this, when I remember this, when I went to her house, watch, let's watch this. So we got, we walked to the house. Okay. Again, this is what we're in trouble for. So do you see any no trespassing signs here? No, there is a complete lack of no trespassing signs. If you do not have a no trespass, and I talked about this on Rakita Law, watch it if you, last night at midnight. I know kind of late. Watch it if you haven't already. He did a great job of talking about this, right? If you do not, your like walkway, your lawn is connected to a public street. Anyone has the legal right to go up to your door and knock on it. That is not illegal. What do you think Jehovah's Witnesses? How do you think they make a living? How do you think Girl Scout cookies get sold? Anyone can knock on anyone's door. If you put up a no trespassing sign, that will prevent people, that will disallow people from, from doing that. Or what I've done to people when I trespass them is I make an announcement and I tag them. And I say, you are hereby forbidden from stepping foot on my property. That is what the statute says. If you, if you make an announcement of like that, then they cannot step foot on your property. But as you can see here, there is no, no trespassing. Now there was a no trespassing sign at the rolling rally. So I didn't go in there and the proctor's how went up too. So I didn't go in there because I respect the law. There is nothing stopping any human being in a free country, journalist or not from knocking on someone's door. And if your door is open, I am allowed to gaze inside of it. I do not have to avert my eyes. If you, if you choose to leave your door open, my eyes do not have to move away from it. There is no law that says that. And so this is what happens. This is what I'm being charged with. Witness intimidation. Joke. It's all, the door is wide open. Okay. I ring it. I've, I film everything I do. I'm allowed to film. Ooh, I'm just rings. like, am I, am I, am I required to turn away? No, I'm not. The door's open. You left your the door open. open. Like she left her door open. What am I supposed to Someone do here? must be home. I see some movement from that window on the right. Three cars in the driveway. Someone's got to be home. Hello, I like the. And by the way, shout out what I'm drinking at it tonight. I get the funniest shit in the mail now that I've been doxxed. People wind up being doxxed all the time. My address, phone number are all in those charging documents. And as you heard the transmission, the police said that I was crossing the street with a red solo cup. So a turtle rider sent me a red solo cup coffee mug in the mail today. This thing's great, man. A red solo cup drinking out of it i don't know who i don't even know who sent this but i love you mm. <laughs> you people crack me up okay play some more. sell you some candy bars <laughs> for my girl scout troop <sighs> no oh there's jen 
I saw see I saw her head pop out. Let's see if they come to the door. And okay, so I wait. I've rung the doorbell now. I know she's there. I definitely saw Jen in there. I'm not I think they can hear us on the ring too. So Jen, I mean you no harm. I just have a couple questions. I mean you no harm. Looking for how long to die in cold. I just have a couple questions. I wonder like, if you had an answer for that. Where is the witness intimidation but, when you say, I mean you no harm? You're supposed to be, the you have to intend to cause fear. Good luck proving that I intended to cause fear when I state out loud on camera that I mean this alleged witness no harm. Unlike the harm that she put on John O'Keefe and Karen Reed. We'll see. I definitely saw her there. I mean, Jen, I mean you no harm. So there it is. Right, I guess she doesn't. Let me try one more time. Okay. Okie dokie. I guess she's uh busy but i guess the kids are at school jen's home just leaves the door open so we'll see now just walk away we just leave all right um, imagine like and, and this is presented in a court as witness intimidation i can't wait i cannot wait for, to show all this shit uh the only people who were intimidating you know using social media to intimidate are people like elizabeth proctor who have the power. Here's a picture that she posted of, I would argue, a political activist at this point, a fellow political activist, Angela Chan O'Donnell, who has, I call her a political activist because she speaks out at political events such as, as Board of Selectmen meetings. And she is picketing the government essentially when she does that. Right? She's voicing her displeasure with the government. And she was at the rolling rally, like a lot of law-abiding, peaceful people were, and with her child. That shows you how harmless this whole freaking event was. And Elizabeth Proctor's taking pictures of her, saying, and, and, and this, I mean, this is intimidation, because Elizabeth Proctor, unlike Angela Chan O'Donnell, has the power of the state behind her. Because Eliz Elizabeth Proctor's husband works for the agency that has all the guns. So she has the power. This is a power imbalance here. And she's taking and posting pictures of Angela Chan O'Donnell obeying the law and not breaking any laws. For what purpose? For what purpose? To intimidate her. To make her think. Because she could have posted a picture of anyone. There's hundreds of people there. But she posted a picture of someone who spoke out against the government. She's not, I mean, there was hundreds of people there. No one else was posted by Elizabeth Proctor in this group that includes Jennifer McCabe and several members of the Albert family who the Proctors claim they don't know. But they're in a Facebook support group that is run by a woman who was just convicted last week and who admitted guilt in court and took a year's probation for stalking, harassing an innocent woman and violating a harassment protection order. And who was once again charged in Stoughton for that same crime. That is the criminal that runs this group who these people are all associating with. Uh, again, did I, did I miss the violent part here? 
also, like the only, uh, you know, nobody stepped foot on her property. There was a lemonade stand across the street. The only people who went to homes, really, and stepped on people's property were their people, including one psychopath who came to my house in Holden and left this note that I did not find until a week later. It was under the freaking doormat. Pro tip, leave it like in the whole, I don't know, put it in the mailbox or something. It says that, sorry, I missed you. As I leave this now, your husband is leading a parade of morons around to the homes and businesses of state's witnesses in a murder case. He terrorized these people at home in their children's events numerous times. But good news, it's legal. Oh, there we go. The, they said it themselves. They said it themselves. It's legal. All of my actions are legal. And so now they're trying to do it to me as like, oh, see, gotcha. So I'm a reporter working on a story about his penchant for witness intimidation. And, and I'm looking for a comment from you. Additionally, I took the liberty of sharing your address with these witnesses, friends and family of the murder victim. Not that I needed to, as it's available online. Oh, so good. So you're doxing. Okay, cool. Don't forget you've established that your actions are legal. Then they took a picture of my ghetto mailbox that the plow keeps hitting. And again, the only violence that happened that day was the, the cheese hog that threw the egg. And my tactics of so-called ambush journalism have been going on since the beginning of time. I asked people to send me examples of reporters who go up to people in public and ask them tough questions. And I couldn't take any more. There was too many. Mike Bodet. Believe it or not, a made a career doing this, like, including from our very first public servants, like this judge. He's reported some of the most talked about stories. Dramatic video of enforcement tells us you're running the mafia in Boston. I don't even know what they're talking about. He kept his patience and his professionalism, no matter how long it took him to get answers. Hi, excuse me, Judge Curtin. Mike Bodat with Fox 25. Oh, a judge. Watch what he does here. The Logan incident. Can you tell us why you took the watch? Ma'am, if you were trying to return it, why'd you walk away with it? Follows a judge into her house. A few questions. We're just trying to understand your side of the story, ma'am. <laughs> as the Fox. He just wants to add. Does that sound familiar? I just want to ask you a few questions, ma'am. I just got a couple questions for you. <laughs> Walks onto her property. It's all legal. Like, this is really what they're going to argue? Are they freaking stupid? Have they never turned on a television before? How is that any different? Or how about Road Rage Rollins, right? Remember what she told her? A reporter went to her house and got Road Rage Rollins to threaten her after a story that I broke about an incident that she was involved in, a Road Rage incident. Or how about the fact that this is outside of, this is before... Derek Chauvin was ever charged with De with George Floyd's murder. This was happening outside of his house. Arrest him and we'll go home. AKA witness intimidation. Is that not what, how is what I'm doing witness intimidation and not this? They're telling him we were, we will stop harassing this guy. We'll stop showing up at his house and, and we will stop protesting outside his house. As long as you, as long as you do what we tell you to do and arrest this guy and charge him with a crime. How, what's the difference? He wasn't charged with the crime yet when they were doing this. It's the same 
freaking thing. I believe. So can we do that? Can we can we assemble outside of Jennifer McCabe's house and say, arrest her and we will go home and we will stay there until you arrest Jennifer McCabe. And we'll then we'll do the same to Michael Proctor and we'll do the same to Brian Albert. Is that, is that how it works? Because it was legal when they did it. It was legal when they did it, which is interesting. Or let's not forget, and this, Mello cites this in his book, the protests outside of Justice Kavanaugh's home. Once they heard about the Dobbs decision being um, leaked and that Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned, they started protesting outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices, demanding that they not overturn Roe versus Wade. Now I don't care what your thoughts are on Roe versus Wade, right? I'm talking about the, the protesting here. Is the protesting legal? And they said it was because it was allowed to happen. Right? Alex Stein makes a career out of this. He just goes up to random people. Usually they're famous. They go up to AOC, Brittany Griner, and troll them. Like, again, this is hard. This is hardly different from what I did to Chris Albert at the board of selectmen meeting is shit like this. BG, was that was that a fair trade for the merchant of death? I know you kill it on the court, but he kills it in real life. Is it true you'd have sex with Vladimir Putin to get released from Russia, Brit? Out of the way, dog. Brit. Brit, is it is it true you had sex with Vladimir Putin to get released from prison? Oh, you mean so a jokes about sex are okay. So if I make a joke and say something like Will you will they allow conjugal visits? That's that's okay then too. Oh no, wait, it's intimidation when I do it. Because Elizabeth Proctor gets more protection from the government than Brittany Grimer does, the woman who got literally got traded for a terrorist. So you had to, get out of the way. What about what his doing? wife? What are you doing? Yeah. I'm trying to talk to Brittany. Doing? Hey Britt, do you still wanna Stop. do you still wanna boycott America, Brittany? Stop. Stop. Get out of me. Stop. Stop. I'm weird. Why? She hates Stop. America. Uh, are you, what about the merchant of death, Brad? Get off me. Get off me. Was that, was that a fair the merchant of death? So there we go. So there's him. What else do we got? Oh, fair evaders they went after. Uh, confronting a real estate imposters. Bill Malusion does this all the time. He works for, he got a promotion. He, this is how Bill got on Fox News. That's how he works for Fox News now. He's a great reporter. He found like people selling sick puppies and shit and people, uh, real estate, fake real estate investors, like pocketing cash or this may, this video of a guy of, we the mayor, exactly. of the mayor of Philadelphia and thinking like 1983 threatening a reporter who showed up at his home. Actions last Monday. There is a Stan Borman from channel three news. Could we, uh, how are you? fine, sir. How are you? Good. Can we talk with you for just a moment? No, I'm busy. You couldn't answer any of our questions. I wouldn't talk to you under any condition. Why is that, sir? Forget it. Scram. Get out of here. Sir, I understand now that look, these... get away from me. I'm now a private citizen. Yes, you sir. get away from me. We're allowed to be on the streets, sir. I don't want to talk to you. Get away from me. How do you feel about the security guards? Get away taken from you. Get away from me or I'm going to throw you out in the middle of the street. Sir, one more question. I'm telling you, get away from me. You were the symbol of law and order in Philadelphia, sir. For many years, people looked get up to you and respected me. you. Look, creep, get out of here. How could you justify your actions at our cameras last Monday creep, in front of your get house? Out. You're a creep. We're a member of the media. We'd you're like a, to have an answer to our question. You're a creep. Why did you attack our cameras? Sir? Get it all. Don't miss any of it. You're a creep. 
get away from me. Would you answer the question? You know, you hide behind that press card. I'm not hiding Give behind me. anything, sir. What I just want to get some answers. Do. There's a gang of you here. There's enough of you here. By myself, I'll take you physically. Well, I'm not asking I'll you go, to take me physically. Well, get away from me. Well, sir, I'm on the if public street. I should, be, I should be authorized to be here. Then... I'll, break it off your, I'll break it over your head. Get away from me, you crumb. You crumb. That's a challenge. Except I'll put my dog away, and I'll come back. And you got one, two, three. And I'll... Again, it's all legal. You can go up to people in a public area and confront them in public even if they're acting as a quote-unquote private citizen at the time. You have every right to do that. Knocking on doors, confronting people like Ilhan Omar. Uh, this is Robert Tellis, the guy who killed who killed a journalist in Nevada. And in the days leading up to it, the media was sitting outside of her house. Dude, there's so many. James O'Keefe makes a career doing this. I could go on and on. I've done this. This is the most important one. I've done this. I've shown up outside of Monica Cannon Grant's headquarters in September of 2020 to peacefully protest against what she was doing there. As a result of our peaceful protest, by the way, we were threatened. But I get it. Awful language. Talk. Disgusting language. Uncooked vagina. Uncooked. Uncooked vagina. I get it. I get it. What I need you to do, though, just keep your mouth shut on black shit. If you ain't ready to be black, that's what I what need to do. What the heck? Shut the fuck up. They have literally moved the ceremony inside. They've already cut the ribbon, brought the podium inside. Because Monica cannot. Remember this guy that tried attacking us? Violence and bullying. We're being threatened because of peaceful protesting. Remember this guy? Oh, here it comes. Oh! Come on, Come on, don't have no need for that. We're here peacefully. Peacefully. So we've been threatened for we are non-violently protesting against violence. He came back. And we are just threatened with violence. Threatened with violence. Will you denounce that violence? I don't know. He came back. What's this? Oh, that dump truck. No, this chick right here. See this load? That's dump truck. That's Shannon O'Laughlin Loberry back when she was on our side. She now runs the account at Turtle Boy Secrets. <laughs> She's a fucking psychopath. Read the stories on her. She was protesting with us that day. And this guy, this dude came back. Check this out. Couple of things we're going to tolerate, right? A little slick shit. You say some little slick shit. Or whatever. You know, it's whatever. I see you. That's cute or whatever. Right? You put a whole full page where you're filing legislation in a, in a fucking county you don't represent. You're attacking uh, uh, decisions that she made to release black folks. You're doing a bunch of extra shit. Because you don't think that she's Hey! 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 Whoa! Whoa! Second time now. Again, this is what Martin Luther King was all about. Peaceful nonviolent resistance, film it. And when people see it juxtaposed our behavior to theirs, they know they immediately know which side is good and which side is evil as a direct result of my activism and protests like this, Monica Cannon Grant became a target of the United States attorney's office, the same United States attorney's office that has now turned Jennifer McCabe, Michael Morrissey, and many others into a target. Of, of, of an investigation.
and Monica Cannon Grant is under how many counts of federal indictment? I've lost count. And so will they. It's the same shit. This is why we protest as a means to an end. Right. And that is what we're going to be focusing on tomorrow. So that's basically what my affidavit is tomorrow. Now, Ken Mello has filed a response to this and we are going to read it momentarily. Let me just read first a couple turtle chats uh, before we jump into this one. Can we refresh this? Okay. Um, let's see. All right. Michael sends 25 bucks and says, good luck tomorrow. From the FBI guy and Auntie Bev. Great to see you there, Michael Wash the other day. Nice seeing you. The F he was dressed up as an FBI agent. Glamasus sends 50 bucks and says, hoping that all of the charges are dismissed tomorrow. They're not getting dismissed tomorrow. We're just the stay away orders. Uh it, it will be with you in spirit. Thank you. Semolina sends 25 bucks and says, Keep fighting the good fight and good luck tomorrow. I love the historical blog. Hello to Troll Holomeo who turned down my invitation for coffee next time I am in town. He will, I thought it was a she. I'll say she will be forever too scared to show her face too bad. Yeah, I, I did see that you did that. And and that's a great way to call these people out is just invite them for coffee. And they won't do it because they're so weak-willed. Uh, first of all, there's like three of them and they run all the same accounts, but they're just so weak-willed and they don't really believe in what they're saying. And they're afraid and ashamed, not afraid, but ashamed to put their face and their name to their words because they're cowards and they would never ever say these things in public that they're saying on Twitter. So Mike in East Greenwich sends 25 bucks and says fat Albert needs to hand over the cell phone and FBI needs to step in yesterday. See if McCarthy's is a nice place with good food. This case brought me there. Oh, nice. I got to check it out sometime. Oh, I, I can't go to CF McCarthy's actually because there's an order on me. It's too close to any pizza. Great work. Appreciate that. Mike. Erica sends 50 bucks and says, good luck tomorrow, daddy. Tell Brant to put a ring on it. Come on, Brant, put a ring on it. Let's go. Halloweener Cuck Carl says, state police sends five bucks and says, state police in the courts must be shitting their pants. They thought you were just some funny guy who gets called turtle and daddy. Little did they know you are an educated, articulate, former history teacher. You say you are bored by case law. I'm actually not. Our history is the best case law you can reference. Uh, fight for our rights. The law is on your side. Well, thank you very much for the kind words. And you're so right, man. They really thought I was just some guy up here cracking jokes. I'm actually kind of smart and I know what I'm talking about and you fuck with the wrong guy. So here we go. Ashley sends 10 bucks and says, I'm on your side as many people are, but the best is God. And God's got me too. I'm a man of God. The God's got me. Your truth and the digging of the corruption is inspirational. I'm a survivor of domestic violence and what some cops do is not Okay. I'm going to school for criminal justice and we need more good people in this world. Free Karen Reed and Turtle Boy and keep fighting for justice for John O'Keefe. You have a million people behind you. And I always feel that way when I go out in public, when I go out uh, at, at these things, I feel so supported and I don't see anyone from their side. And I know that we outnumber them drastically. And just like Martin Luther King, that's what you overwhelm in numbers and you let them know that, no, this is a democracy, majority rules. And we are the majority and we will not remain silent as this happens. Trish sends 25 bucks says, go get him tomorrow. Big guy. Good luck. Hope the kids had fun tonight. Yeah, they did. They did. We went, to, we got a whole bunch of trick or treating. It was cold. It's cold for trick or treating, but uh, got a whole bunch of candy. Nobody really dude. They rang one doorbell. One. I don't think they said trick or treat once. 
Everybody just leaves candy out now. It's crazy. Well, anyway, we had a good time when trick-or-treating and holding. Um, Lady Justice sends 10 bucks and says, don't give up. You are my 10-year-old. You are my 10-year-old's hero. Oh, nice. He knows the details necessary. He needs at Hyos at his age. He says, you're like a Batman. Named Caden birthday next week. Give him a shout. Happy birthday, Caden. Is that right? Happy birthday, Caden. There you go. Jenny sends five bucks and says, Mike Bodette drinks his own pee. Is that true? Is that true? Is that actually backed up? Are we just fucking around here? Um, Got a couple cash apps as well I want to read out. Janet sends 10 bucks and says, you're going to kill it tomorrow. Mellow sucks. Yes, he does. Denise sends 10 bucks and says, April. Mm, shenanigans and photo dumps. Okay, April. Um, Rachel sends 10 bucks and says, they're in Aruba now. No Gemma Cave sightings. Go Turtle Boy. Thank you, Rachel. Carrie sends five bucks and says, kick ass tomorrow. Carrie and Tom DeRozier. Thank you very much, Carrie. Um, okay. I appreciate those cash apps. Um, and I think I just got another one. Seven pounder says half price candy tomorrow. Loyalty. Oh, there is half price candy box. It's the day after Halloween, isn't it? Let me just, oh, and Paul also sends 20 bucks in the cash app. I'll read that in a moment. Let me refresh the turtle chats here real quick. Uh, Thomas sends $10 and says, slap your dick on the defense table at court tomorrow. And tell the judge, this is why they call me daddy. <laughs> as much as I'm tempted to do it, I actually did that. Bam! Your honor, bam! Let's fuck! If I, just, I don't know. I feel like I might get in a little trouble for that. It might be a new charge. I don't know. Maybe it would work. Maybe it would work. Maybe it would be like, oh, oh, that's why they call you daddy? It all makes sense now. It all makes sense now. I saw the video. I saw the video. Okay, Paul sends 20 bucks and says, hope to see lots of peeps tomorrow. I appreciate that. Paul, Paul's doing a great job organizing all of the, uh, whatchamacallit tomorrow, all of the, uh, or not tomorrow, all of the uh, um, overpass protests all over the state. So check out his posts on the Justice for John and Karen official Facebook group. Um, I think I just got a donation here from a Brian from LTL podcast who says I'll be streaming live from the courthouse tomorrow. Good luck, turtle boy. Thank you very much, Brian. I look forward to meeting you and I will be delivering a sermon on the courthouse steps afterwards. You best believe that if anyone else would like to donate, they could click at the link at the top for turtle chat, donate, whatever you want, leave a message. I will receive it and I will read your message out loud periodically during the show, or you can cash at me at dollar sign uncle turtle boy. So let's get on with this. So back to the story, back to what the, uh, let's talk about Mr. Mello here. Um, where'd it go? Huh. Okay. All right. So Ken Mello has filed, uh, an answer to my thing, right? To our, whatever, um, let me pull it up. A reply memorandum. So let's review what Ken Mello has to say here. The the brilliant Ken Mello who took the job who took the case that no one else wanted because he's a sucker. Uh and but he's he's a real man of justice here. Doesn't really believe in free speech, but uh, this is what he writes. So um 
statement of facts on on October 11th, the defendant, Eden Carney, an internet quote unquote blogger. I like they always have to throw that in there as like a shot. Like, oh, he's not a real journalist. He's just a blogger. First of all, there's no distinction according to Supreme Court rulings. There is no distinction. So whatever, if that makes you feel better, Ken. I mean, Ken, seriously, you're going to say I'm just a blogger. What are you? What are you, Ken Mello? You think you're a real attorney? You're a joke, Ken. Everyone's laughing at you. Even your wife. You're, you're not a man. You're a loser. You took a case that no one else wanted because you're a sucker. And we get to humiliate you, Ken. Like, literally, this is going to be humiliation porn. That's all this is. He goes on to say, a self-described activist. He was arraigned in Stoughton District Court on nine counts of witness intimidation, blah, 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 blah. The subject witnesses and named victims in said criminal complaints are all witnesses in the Karen Reed pending mat manner. Commencing on or about April of 2023, April 18th, to be honest, the defense, the defendant Carney began to blog about the Reed case on various internet websites. No, Ken, I only have one internet website, dummy. I don't blog on Twitter. I don't blog on Facebook. They are, those are called social media apps that I use to share my content. Okay, internet boy. The defendant's blogs became more and more vitriolic in nature and soon crossed the line of journalism and thereafter involved criminal activity in the form of intimidation or picketing witnesses, including blah, 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 blah. So first of all, let's just read that sentence again. The defendant's blogs became more and more vitriolic in nature. Well, what's, what's the, defin the definition of vitriolic? The definition is filled with bitter criticism or malice. Uh, Ken, I, I hate to break it to you, pal. I hate to break it to you. But the, you should have, uh, any normal person would be filled with bitter criticism after covering a story about a bunch of stone-cold killers who murdered a man, threw him out on the front lawn to die, and then covered up his murder and framed an innocent woman. Yeah. Yeah, you have a right to be vitriolic about that, sir. That's It's not against the law to be vitriolic. But anyway, that he crossed the line of journalism. Like, what? explain, how did I cross the line? Like, what line was crossed here? Yeah, I, I'm a journalist, I'm an activist, and I'm a satirist. I did so I didn't cross any lines. I do different things. I was involved in criminal activity in the form of intimidation and/or picketing witnesses. Okay, and that he conspired with an Avon police dispatcher to intimidate Jennifer McCabe and Elizabeth Proctor. That is so weak. The, like the the cons people like they might have got him on the conspiracy. No, because they because they went too far. They didn't say conspiracy to conspire. They said conspiracy to commit witness intimidation. All I did was confirm that the car parked outside of Michael Proctor's house on September 25th that I was sent a picture of was in fact Jennifer McCabe's, which proved that the state, the government, the purpose of that blog was to protest the government. The government stated in open court that Michael Proctor does not know Jennifer McCabe. Yet, yet, we are sent a picture of Jennifer McCabe's car at the Proctor household. That is newsworthy. 
When you find out that the government is lying to you in open court in a murder case, that is newsworthy. And in order to make sure that I did not defame Jennifer McCabe or the Proctors, I needed to make sure that that white Jeep with H500 license plate was in fact the McCabe vehicle. So we did a query on this. A source confirmed that that license plate belonged to Jennifer McCabe. That is not witness intimidation. That is award-winning journalism. Conspiracy to commit award-winning journalism. Maybe you got me on that. But I don't think that's a crime. Conspiracy to commit award-winning journalism. You're outmatched, Ken Mello. I'm much smarter than you. I know how the internet works. I know how the law works. And I'm not even a lawyer. And I am going to run fucking circles around you. I am a lawyer's, a defense attorney's wet dream. And we are going to fuck, my friend. We are ready tomorrow. We are ready to fuck. The fucking begins tomorrow. Let's go. It goes on to say, the defendant has visited the homes of witnesses, videotaped the... So visiting the home of witnesses, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to do that. These people act like just we're labeling them as as witnesses and and no one can go near them after we label them as that. No, that's not how it works. You don't don't get a magic force field around you because the government has labeled you a witness. Not how it works. Mm -mm. Videotape the interior of witnesses' homes when their door was open. Led motor vehicle caravans past the homes of witnesses. Translation. Drove on a public street past the house. (laughs) What? Shown up and harassed witnesses at sporting events. In which children of witnesses were participating. Who gives a shit if children are participating in a game? Like how they throw it like that matters. I didn't go up in front of any children and do anything. And if I did, that would still be legal protected speech. I didn't harass anyone. The legal definition of harassment as judge O'Malley said when chicken parm Charlie tried and failed to get an order against me in hilarious fashion. According to Webster's definitionary, according to Webster's dictionary definition of harassment, that might be harassment, but I don't rule on the Webster's dictionary. I rule on the law. And the law says that this is not harassment because it doesn't rise to true threats. So I'm sorry, but I'm denying this order because it doesn't meet the Webster's Dictionary is not the law around here. Okay, sir? And that's it. So no, according to Judge O'Malley, I did not harass anyone. Harassing means you have to have true threats. I did not threaten anyone. So there's no harassment here. There's no harassment at games. You are allowed to go to sporting events. I like how they always throw that in there. They bring in sporting events. Like, oh no, the First Amendment stops to exist when when Canton's getting their fucking ass kicked by Bill Erica and girls lacrosse. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know that? When the founding fathers were writing the the Bill of Rights, like, you know, we need some protections here. Okay, let's start. What do we, what's the first thing we need? Uh, Free speech, definitely free speech. Let's go with that. First Amendment, the most important thing. Okay, first, is there any is there any exceptions to this? Yes, actually, yes, actually. If if Canton High School is losing to Bill Ricca nine to one in lacrosse, 
you're not allowed to ask Canton High School parents questions in public. Okay. That, yeah, because that's how the fucking Constitution works. You dumb shit. Mmm. Mmm. Let's go. I'm ready to fuck. All right, next. Um, that he harassed witnesses at their places of business. Uh, again, no harassment. And it wasn't at their places of business. It was outside of their places of business. On a public sidewalk. And the police were called. And they determined that my presence there was not a violation of any laws. That I attempted to cause financial harm to witnesses. Is that a crime? So sue me then. If you feel like I defamed you, I believe there's tort law for that. Sue me. You're allowed to cause financial harm to a business by saying the pizza sucks because it's covered in blood. You're allowed to do that in a free country. That is not witness intimidation. That's just pointing out the fact that everyone knows that a white guy in Canton probably isn't making the best Italian food. Just saying. Just saying. If you want good pizza, if you want good chicken parm, find a fresh-off-the-boat Italian guy. That's just common sense. Whatever you do, don't find a Greek. That shit will be greasy as fuck. Find an Italian guy, and you'll be much better. Whatever you do, don't find some guy from the Canton High School class of 1984. So there we go. Okay. Anyway, back to this. Got a little psyched up there. I, I guess the Portuguese, the Portuguese make good fried dough, actually. So you know everybody knows their place. And and who and pay the pepperoni guy. Come on, let's go. All right. Next up. A summary report of these incidents is contained in a report submitted to the Stoughton District. Um, and by the way, followed witnesses while yelling at them with bullhorns. When was that, Ken? Does anyone out there know when I followed a witness with a bullhorn? Uh, the the rolling rally had a bullhorn. Oh, actually, I mean, I followed, I followed Carl Dougal with a bullhorn, I guess. Or did I? They even have a bullhorn. I might have. What's he a witness to? Watching his wife get drilled? I mean, he's a cuck, so I guess by the definition, but I don't think that's a crime. Just saying. So, statement of the law. The Commonwealth contends that the First Amendment of the United States is not a license to violate state or federal law. Agreed. All right. And so then they list the statute, okay, uh, of picketing and witness intimidation, neither of which I am guilty of because it says whoever with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administrative of administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer in the discharge of his duties, pickets or parades in or near a building, housing a court of commonwealth, or in or near a building or residence occupied by one of them shall be... Okay, I haven't done any of that. I'm not trying to interfere. Case closed. I'm not trying to stop you. So I'm not guilty of any of that shit. Now, case law time. And I did some case law research on this. So we're going to talk about this now. It says... um. The actions for which the defendant is charged are not protected speech. It's well settled and not in dispute here that freedom of speech 
and freedom of the press, which are protected by the First and Fourteenth Amendment against infringement and the states are among the most fundamental personal rights and liberties of the people. And then they cite Lovell versus City of Griffin. I agree with that one. The First Amendment protection, however, has never been permitted by the courts to be used as a shield to protect persons where speech has been used as an integral part of criminal contact of conduct. The case that they cite is Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire. And they think I, I'm, they think I don't have Google. They think I'm not going to look up Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire, but I am. And he Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire says that speech can be restricted if it is used as an integral part of criminal conduct. None of my speech is being used for criminal conduct. Therefore, you can't stop me. In that case, there was some guy in New Hampshire, Rochester, New Hampshire, in 1942, who was standing in the middle of a public street saying God doesn't exist, like blaspheming, shit like that, during World War II. And they said that was offensive. He won. He won. This, this, this law, this ruling actually upheld your right to be offensive, your right to quite like there was a, a, a town ordinance that banned them from doing that. This overturned it. They're literally citing case law that upholds the first amendment. As long as it's not criminal, which I'm not doing. And neither was Chaplinsky. Neither of us are criminals. God bless you. Chaplinsky. Good guy. The next one says, um, where'd it go? Specific, uh, specifically, the constitutional guarantees of free speech and free press will protect from advocacy from the force or of law or criminal violation, except where such advocacy is directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and or is likely to produce such action. That's the United States versus Rondo. Very similar to the next one. Brandenburg versus Ohio. They cite one of the most important Supreme Court decisions in American history, Brandenburg, when it comes to speech versus Ohio. There was a Supreme Court decision in 1919 that I used to teach about in class called Schenck versus United States. Schenck was a socialist or maybe an anarchist, one of those two, whatever. He was a disruptor and he had been handing out pamphlets urging people to resist the draft into World War I because he thought that the war was immoral. And so uh, he thought it was a war of capitalists that the people shouldn't die for. So he was handing out pamphlets saying, don't register for the draft. And he was arrested under the Sedition Act that he was conspiring against the government, some shit like that. Took his case all the way to the Supreme Court. He lost. He lost. And Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, in his decision, stated something that is often wrongly used today. That is the fire in a crowded theater argument. You might have heard of this before. People often bring this up wrongly. This decision said, Oliver Wendell Holmes said that you cannot even, like free speech does not protect people who want to shout fire in a crowded theater and cause a panic. You might have heard of this before. People always bring this up. The fire in a crowded theater thing. And, and that is thanks to the Schenck decision. 
but luckily the Schenck decision no longer exists. The Schenck decision was overturned in 1969 by the Brandenburg versus Ohio decision that Ken Mello now is foolishly citing. In the Brandenburg versus Ohio decision, it involved the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan is, is, is the ultimate test for free speech, right? They're offensive. They're racist. They're bad objectively. Like we all, like most of us, 99% of the public thinks they're bad. But those are the people that need protection the most because they are the most offensive. Their speech needs to be protected because today it's the Ku Klux Klan. Tomorrow it's somebody who's slightly less offensive than them. And then the bar gets lowered and lowered and lowered and lowered. And in the Brandenburg case, they said that the KKK speech was lawful because the government cannot punish inflammatory speech that is, quote, directed unless that speech is, quote, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. This essentially overruled the Schenck decision of crowded fire in a crowded theater because you can yell. You actually can yell uh, fire in a crowded theater because if people look around, because people have the right to look around and see that there's no fire. <laughs> they do not have to act because you said something. And the, because the KKK is racist, because the KKK is saying offensive things, that does not necessarily mean that they are provoking a riot. Their speech itself is not illegal. Whereas in this case, right, in my case, I'm... I haven't sparked any riots. We're not even close to that. What the hell did I spark? We got an egg thrown at us. That was the that was the worst thing that happened on that day. Nobody got hurt. Nobody's in fear. There's no true threats. We're not even close to that. And Ken Mello is bringing things up here that back up my position. It goes on to say, right? Specifically, Specifically, the police power of a state may lawfully punish words. Where'd it go? May lawfully punish words, which by their very utterance inflict injury or tend to incite an immediate breach of the peace that is Watts versus United States. So Ken Mello is saying here that we can, I should be able to <coughs> restrict your speech, turtle boy. If your speech, by your by their very utterance, inflicts injury or tends to incite an immediate breach of peace. And in the Watts decision, what this one was, this was a 1966 decision in which an anti-Vietnam War protester said, this is the quote the protester said. He said, if they ever make me carry a rifle and it can be drafted into the Vietnam war, the first man I want to get in my sights is Lyndon Johnson, who was the president at the time in a five to four decision. The Supreme court said that banning such speech was constitutional. If it contained true threats. However, they also said 
that Watts's speech was political hyperbole. That's what they called it. Like he was not actually saying that he want he was going to kill the president. It was hyperbolic. And much of the things that I say is I've never actually said anything close to that about killing someone or anything like that. I've made no allusions to it whatsoever. But even if I did, it would be political hyperbole, which is protected speech under the United States Constitution, specifically the First Amendment. For instance, my call to Colin Albert. Remember that one when I was like, yo, we have got them advantage boys. Anyone listening to that knows that that's satire. Obvious. It was an obvious satire because at some point I said, no, but seriously, I have a few questions for you. I changed my tone. I'm like, and I said, no, but seriously, AKA the tone is changing there. Whereas in this case, like I was clearly being hyperbolic and satirical towards Colin Albert. That is protected speech. This is protected speech, my sir. And also Colin Albert wasn't a witness on July 8th when I said those things. So there's that. <coughs> he also goes on, the next case that he cites, <coughs> excuse me. All right, next case that he cites is um, the test of, cons- no, no, he already got that one. No, not. the test of the constitutionality of any statute in which, okay, so that's the Chaplinsky one again, he cites. How about this one? Massachusetts has enacted uh, General Laws 268, Section 13B, that is the witness intimidation statute, to protect the sanctity of the judicial system and guarantee that any witness or potential witness may testify in the courts of the Commonwealth without fear of harassment. No one has been harassed. Intimidation. No one's been intimidated. Or bodily harm. No one has had bodily harm. So I... That is why they 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 put this statute in place to protect people who are testifying in court cases from any of those things. I'm guilty of none of them. The same judge that put this stay away orders in place determined that it was not harassment. Under the statute, an action need not be overtly threatening. Now this so now they're trying to get around this. They're being like, well, they're conceding now. That I have never overtly threatened anyone. They are not because they know they've they watch my show and that they know what my defense is gonna be. And they're like, well, you don't actually have to threaten anyone to be guilty of witness intimidation. And the case that they cite is Commonwealth versus Gordon. And they think that I'm not gonna look up Commonwealth versus Gordon, but I am. And according to Commonwealth versus Gordon. It did say, this is a Massachusetts hearing uh, case. It's saying that threats do not need to be overt to be considered witness intimidation. In that case, so what happened in Commonwealth versus Gordon? Well, it's really simple. There was a case involving uh, uh, a 20-year-old man who was charged with murder. And a 19-year-old juror, a woman was chosen to be on the jury who was 19 years old. And she got picked up by her mom every day during the trial. And so she was waiting inside the courthouse in Boston for her mom to pick her up. When the father of the defendant, the father of the man who was being charged with murder, approached her. And he began to tell her, basically, things that made her nervous. He intimidated her. He said, oh, you're on the jury, huh? 
be a real shame if my son's uh, found guilty because he's a really good kid. And uh, have and he brought up a scary movie in which a young girl her age is murdered. He's like, have you seen this movie? You should go watch this movie. You should watch it. You should go watch that movie and, and let me know what you think. You know, AKA, he didn't overtly threaten her, but she, a lot, of, a reasonable person would take that as a threat. And it's inappropriate at all for the father of the defendant to approach an adjourer in a courthouse and make statements like that. The family of the victim saw this happen, reported it. She was disqualified as a juror and he was arrested for witness intimidation. That is not equivalent to what I've done. How is it not equivalent? Well, for starters, the biggest part about that that's not equivalent is that I am not Karen Reed's family member. I am a reporter. My involvement in the Karen Reed case is I'm reporting on what happened. I am not family of Karen Reed. That's So I am reporting on this. I have no interest in it. Okay? I did not know her going into this. My interest is in one thing and one thing only, truth and justice. The truth, the truth happens to be on Karen Reed's side. So that is the side that I've aligned with. But I am not a family member of hers. So I don't have an interest in her in particular. I have an interest in the truth, which happens to be on her side. So in this case, right? Also, so the difference between me and this guy who th threatened the juror, not overtly, was that he is tied to the case. He's the father of the defendant. I am not family of Karen Reed. Number two, it happened in a court. My, my, my alleged witness intimidation happened at the Bill of Canton game or in the streets of Canton or outside of d &E Pizza or some shit or on my YouTube show. And by the way, you know why they called it a crime scene? A lot of people were asking, why did they call it a crime scene? The police, when they brought the crime scene unit in. That's why Tully wrote in his, his um, application for the warrant that I was going home. That because I broadcast from this house and they could prove that, that the house itself was a crime scene. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly, Mike. That's the big difference here. He was trying to get the juror to alter the way they voted out of fear. I am not. I'm not trying to alter anyone's testimony. I am urging people to tell the truth or I'm just asking them questions, mostly asking questions. The only one on this list that I urged to tell the truth was Julie Nagel. And I, th there's nothing wrong with urging people to tell the truth. Again, I'm, I, I don't act on behalf of Karen Reed. I am not Karen Reed's family member. All I want as a journalist and as an activist is for people to tell the truth. That's it. There's nothing wrong with the truth. Next thing, next case they cite. So that's 0 for 1 from Kenny. Neither does the statute require that the intimidation actions be successful in causing fear. So just because you don't cause... So clearly Chris Albert is not scared of me, obviously. Clearly Jennifer McCabe is not scared of me. Clearly Matt McCabe is not scared of me, right? So 
there's and and I've made this point that none of these people are scared. And Ken Mello watches my show. Hey, Ken. And Ken Mello watches my show. He's like, well, we'll figure a way around that. We'll find a case where, you know, the witness was not actually scared and it was still witness intimidation. And so they brought a case up called Commonwealth versus Robinson. And I looked up Commonwealth versus Robinson. And in this case, it said that the statute does not require the intimidation to prevent a witness from testifying. It just has to be the intent. So if you intend to keep someone from testifying, it doesn't matter if they actually don't testify. It's your intent that matters. In that case, uh, a defendant, there was a clerk magistrate's hearing. And the clerk magistrate's hearing is where you go for probable cause before it goes to a judge. And a woman was trying to press charges against the man for some sort of crime. And the man was in the court in, in front of the clerk, clerk magistrate. And he was, quote, glaring at her in a blood curling manner. That's the way it's described. He then pushed over a table in front of the magistrate and yelled, quote, are you sure you want to go through with this? So he quite clearly in front of a, a court official threatened a witness in a courtroom. <laughs> he pushed the goddamn table over. But the witness ended up testifying anyway against him. And the, the court ruled that it's still witness intimidation because his intent was to keep the witness from testifying. His intent was. So there you go. 0 for 2, Camelo. Again, I'm different from this because I am not involved in the Karen Reed case. I am not a defendant or a plaintiff in the Karen Reed case, which this person was, which, what's his name? Gordon Robinson. Robinson was a party to the case. I am not a party to the Karen Reed case. I am not the defendant like this guy was. I'm also not in a courtroom. I'm also not trying to prevent people from, you know, testifying and throwing over tables in order to scare them. So, 0 for 2, Ken Mello. Off to a rough start. Next one. Um, in Commonwealth versus Cassiano, a defendant was convicted of witness intimidation under the statute when he saw an undercover officer in the courthouse corridor, took out a cell phone, and pointed it at the officer as if he were taking his picture. In that case, there was no evidence that any picture was actually taken, nor was there any evidence that the officer actually felt intimidation. So I look up this case. So again, what he's saying here is that, well, yeah, sure, he didn't actually intimidate any of these people, but it's still witness intimidation. So I looked it up because I, there's got to be more to this, Ken Mello. And I look it up. And in Commonwealth versus Cassiano, the defendant did indeed, he was the defendant was a drug dealer. And the drug dealer was in court as a defendant. And there was an undercover officer there who was testifying against him. Who, who's I, who, who didn't want to have his cover blown as an undercover. And you're not allowed to take pictures in courtrooms for reasons like this, right? Witness intimidation. So he claimed 
he told them that um, he never took any, he didn't need, never took any pictures, but he was pretending to because he was trying to make it seem like he was. However, this is a big difference. That guy's a defendant, just like the other two in the other two cases they incite involves defendants in criminal matters already. I am not a defendant in the, in the Karen Reed case. It would be different if I was Karen Reed herself, but I am not. I'm a journalist covering the Karen Reed case. And I'm not, you know, pretending to take your picture for the purposes of scaring you. I'm just reporting on what happened. I'm actually taking your picture. I'm actually videotaping you. And I'm doing so because I'm asking you questions in public. So it's completely different. So this, this is the type of, it, the teams aren't fair, guys. The teams aren't fair. I didn't go to law school, but I'm much smarter than Ken Mello, and I'm already running circles around him, and I can't wait for tomorrow. Then he goes on to cite some weird shit. Like he brings up this one. In the age of social media, where the ease in which unmediated content may be widely disseminated, it has greatly increased the potential for sparking criminal disorder. Professor Lid Larissa Lidsky. So social media is the problem, he's saying. Lydia Lidsky of the University of Florida Law School succinctly pointed out the dangers of social media. This is what we're talking about. So this he's not even citing a Supreme Court case here. He's citing some woman named Lydia Lidsky. Oh, my God. You got to see. I just Googled her. Let's bring her up. Okay. So keep in mind, this woman is a far left act, uh, college. I mean, most people who work in um, universities are, you know, far left politically. And generally the far, the left has been the side more that has been in favor of censorship on the internet. If they feel that like the things that you're saying are, racist or sexist or homophobic and could incite violence. So we should, we, we should censor you because we don't like your speech and we're going to use this fake thing where your speech causes violence. And th this is Lydia Lidsky. So Ken Mello is not citing any sort of case law here. He's citing this short haired ginger like the, her. I know everything I need to know about this woman just by looking at her. I know who she voted for. I know what she thinks of me. I know it all. And Ken Mello is citing this woman as if her opinion on social media matters at all to this case. She says social media increases the number of individuals who can engage in unmediated contact. Um, unmediated communication, rather, which inherently increases the probability of incendiary speech. Oh, like that matters to me. Moreover, the sheer size of prospective audiences also increases the potential for violent audience reactions. So because I have a large audience, I should be able to be censored. Okay. Audience size matters. The bigger the audience, the greater the chance at least one audience member will respond with violence to speech. And then he cites her. So this is a speech. He, this is not a case. This is a speech. Some short haired ginger made at the university of Florida in 2011. This is supposed to fucking mean something to this dumb shit 
special prosecutor. Oh, he's special, all right. The use of social media for the purpose of witness intimidation has been described as being a near epidemic level by the Philadelphia DA's office. Like, I give a shit what the Philadelphia DA thinks about social media. The following are examples. Dude, this is fucking hilarious. I'm like, when I saw this, I'm like, I've seen a lot of legal documents before. I've never seen anything like this before. What, what, what you're about to read. The following examples are indicative of the problem Massachusetts nationwide of social media. Okay. In Grafton, Mass, seven teenagers were arrested in January of 2014 on felony witness intimidation charges for allegedly cyberbullying the 15-year-old victim of a violent crime. The teens were friends of the person charged with committing the crime, and they allegedly harassed the victim on Facebook and Twitter over a period of several months, making threats and demeaning comments. I have not made any threats. And I don't know this case, but I guarantee what these dumb shit teenagers probably did was a lot more obvious and illegal than anything I've done, which is not illegal at all. He doesn't notice Ken Mello does not list the actual case. He's just like in Grafton. Or how about this one? This is my favorite. In Santa Fe, New Mexico, a 19-year-old man who he doesn't name was charged with using comments on his Facebook page to intimidate a witness in a counterfeiting case pending against the father a former police officer. This is what he cites. This is an official legal document. He's like, some guy, a 19-year-old in Santa Fe, wrote something on Facebook that was witness intimidation. So therefore, Turtle Boy can't talk and Turtle Boy should be charged with a felony. It goes on and on like this. They list all these random people doing things that I don't do it just goes on. So many of these, right? How about the Steubenville, Ohio rape case of an alleged rape? This is a famous case. An alleged rape of a 16-year-old girl by two-star Steubenville high school football players gained national exposure. In part because social media permeated the case. Evidence of the assault was posted to social media sites like Twitter and YouTube and it was a backlash on social media to law enforcement's initial hesitation to bring charges that put the case in the national spotlight. Prior to the conviction of the two defendants, two teen girls were charged with felony witness intimidation for tweets in which they harassed and threatened to kill the rape victim. So in Steubenville, Ohio, Two girls were charged with witness intimidation because they threatened, they used social media to threaten to kill a rape victim. I have not done that. I have not done that. And this is what he's comparing it to. Oh my God, this is going to be so easy. Dude, he is going to get undressed in court tomorrow by Judge Krupp. I'm predicting it right now. It's going to be good. If he, he's going to throw this in front of a fucking judge, whew, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Ohio Attorney General Mike DeWine, now the governor, stated people who want to continue to victimize this victim to threaten her, we're going to deal with them and we're going after them. And then how about this? One of the most insidious forms of intimidation prevalent on the internet today is the practice of doxing, which no one can define. Is the act of revealing, identifying information about someone online, such as their real name, you're allowed to do that, home address, you're allowed to do that, workplace phone, financial, and other, that's all legal. 
People love to say the word, oh my God, he doxed me. Guess what? It's legal. You're allowed to dox people. And you know who's doxed me? Because my name, address, and phone number are all in the charging documents, which is a public record. So are Jennifer McCabe's. So are Michael Proctor's. So are Brian Alberts. So are a lot of these people. That is not against the law. That information is then circulated to the public without the victim's permission. Again, don't need anyone's permission to circulate information. One of the, and then they cite this, one of the most grievous examples of doxing occurred in the spring of 2022 when an unknown employee of the United States Supreme Court leaked the draft opinion in Dobbs versus Jackson. So this is the one that overturned Roe versus Wade. As the opinion was expected to be released at the end of the court's term, sometime in late June, and could potentially be changed prior to its release, activist groups undertook a campaign to attempt to intimidate the justices into changing their minds. And that happened. People protested outside of Amy Coney Barrett's home and Clarence Thomas's home and all those and all the six conservative justices. And guess what? They weren't arrested for witness intimidation. He's bringing up something in which protests outside of jurors' homes was allowed. <laughs> like, oh, this dumb shit motherfucker. But then he brings this up. But on TikTok, <laughs> activists doxed personal information about the six justices, making the public the justices, making public the justices' physical addresses. IP addresses, whatever that means, and credit card information, including CVV and expiration date. Soon afterward, massive protests were staged directly outside of their homes in an attempt to make their decision. On June 8th, Nicholas Roski traveled to the home of Brett Kavanaugh, an associate justice of the United States Supreme Court, which plans to break in Kavanaugh's home, kill him, and then commit suicide. After arriving at Kavanaugh's home, he told police he was frustrated with the Supreme Court decision. The sole purpose and intent for the doxing is to incite others to commit harassing, intimidating, and illegal acts. So first of all, two problems with this, Ken Mello. Number one, this hasn't happened with me. <laughs> to date, as a result of my reporting, which you call doxing, not a single one of my followers has showed up at any of these people's home with a gun, like Roski did. He showed up with a gun at Justice Kavanaugh's home with the stated intention of killing him. That has never happened with me. As a result of my reporting, exactly zero people have shown up with guns at other people's homes. But even if they did, in the Roski thing, who was charged? What Mello is saying here is that he doesn't have a problem with Roski, the guy that showed up with the gun. He's saying that it's the fault of the TikTokers, that it's the fault of the people on social media who published the address of the justice. It's their fault. Except there's just one problem with that, Ken. Only Roski was charged, not the TikTokers, not the doxers. They were not charged. And I am the equivalent of them, you're saying. I am the person putting this stuff out there and then I'm inciting whatever, except the whatever didn't happen. And in this case, 
the person who put that information out there was never charged. Only the person who commits the crime was charged. Oh, they're so stupid. Oh my God, they're so stupid. I mean, can you believe how dumb this guy is? Jeez Louise. The defendant by his own admissions, so here, the defendant by his own admissions and self-documentation has illegally conspired with the police department dispatcher to run the license plates of witnesses to determine where they live. No. To determine if the state is lying about the relationship between Jennifer McCabe and the proctors. With that information, he has personally visited and harassed witnesses at their homes, gone to sporting events of the children of, again, all this whole shit that he talked about, all of this is legal. He has published and doxed the personal information and addresses of these witnesses and directed his followers to visit. Again, this is the part that's a lie. Directed his followers to visit and harass witnesses' homes. Never happened. Show me where the part where I directed you people to visit the homes of them and harass them. It never happened. Because harassment involves true threats. Never happened. Never. I myself went to their homes. You came with me. I did not tell you, hey, go there and harass them for me. That never happened. Or their family members. As in the case of Justice Kavanaugh, the sole, again, in the Justice Kavanaugh case, the people who put the information out there were not charged. Just the person who showed up and broke the law was charged. The First Amendment protects persons who report the news and offer opinions on matters pending in the courts. It does. That's what I'm doing. It does not give license for people to obstruct justice and interfere. It never happened. Accordingly, without appropriate protection, justice would be corrupted. Agreed. Massachusetts enacted them to protect. Yeah, it, it, it enacted this to protect real victims, real witnesses who are in danger of not testifying. That's not happening here. MGL 276 permits a judge or clerk magistrate to to set conditions of bail to ensure the protection of witnesses or victims to a crime. The pertinent portion of the statute states, if the justice or clerk, assistant clerk of the district court, the bail commissioner or master in charge determines it to be necessary, the defendant may be ordered to abide by specified restrictions on personal associations or conduct, including but not limited to avoiding all contact, blah, 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 blah. In the case at bar, the district court followed accepted practice to protect those witnesses who have been harassed by the defendant. These orders, which mandate no contact or institute keep away distances, are similar to those commonly used in Massachusetts criminal cases, as well in cases of domestic 209A. Uh, Yeah, except your people applied for one of those orders and were denied. So thank you for bringing that one up. Here, the court mandated that the defendant not contact any of the witnesses or their families or go to their homes or place of business. Contrary to the defendant's sworn affidavit, the court placed no restrictions on him reporting news about the Karen Reed case. Yes, you did. As a result of your, of these stay away orders, if any of these eight individuals show up at the Karen Reed case, I can't report on it. I can't go. It's kind of a big thing. I can't go to Canton Board of Selectmen meetings because Chris Albert's going to be there sometimes drinking his coffee and getting roasted 
by women in their 50s. Nor has he been prohibited from following investigative leads and reporting on those leads. Sure I have. For instance, what if we now, what if we find out tomorrow, what if uh, the Rule 17 motion is granted or is overturned in, in the court and they get access to Jen McCabe's phone and Jen McCabe texted Brian Albert, oh shit, what are we going to do with this body? And I want to ask Jennifer McCabe why she texted that. This order prevents me from doing that. It needs to be overturned. Any day now, a huge piece of the pie could come together. And as a reporter, I have the right to question Jennifer McCabe about that. Moreover, the court specifically noted that the defendant was not prohibited from attending court sessions if the witnesses were present. Do you guys have the tape of that? Did, did you hear the judge say that? Did you hear the judge say that, that I, that I can go? To court because I missed it when he said that. So Ken's just hearing shit now. The defendant's bail conditions only prevent him from contacting and harassing witnesses in the case. Wrong. Wrong. Further contrary to the defense affidavit, he is not barred from going to the Norfolk DA's office for any legitimate purses as long as he has no contact with the state police detective. Except Michael Proctor works out of the Norfolk DA's office. And I should be able to question Michael Proctor wherever he goes because he's a cop. And we're allowed to ask cops questions. He is not barred from going anywhere in downtown Canton with the exception of the pizza shop owned by Chris Albert. But the order doesn't say, how far am I allowed to go towards d &E Pizza? Am I allowed to go in the, on the sidewalk outside the street, outside of d &E Pizza? Am I allowed to do that? That needs to be explained. He has not been prevented from going to Canton Town Hall for any lawful purpose, as long as he does not directly confront witness Albert. Yeah, who is a selectman. Again, I run the risk. What if Chris Albert walks into Town Hall? Then I have to leave. These people can basically be used to kick me, to prevent me from reporting anywhere. If they find out I'm in Canton, they can go where I am and they can force me to leave. And that prevents me from doing my job. The stay away order issued to protect witness Albert was issued due to the fact that the defendant had a history of obstructing town business at select board meetings by harassing witness Albert. So I obstruct, I have a history of obstructing town business at select board meetings. Where, where was that? Okay. Although the defendant asserts he has not intimidated or threatened any of the witnesses, the witnesses have complained about threats and intimidation by him. So I have not intimidated, but they said I have. To the point where the Stoughton District Court has issued multiple criminal complaints against the defendant. But you know what they haven't issued? And they've actually denied harassment prevention orders because there's no harassment. The conditions are not overbroad. He literally said the exact quote of Judge, of Judge O'Malley was, they are overbroad on purpose, but they're not overbroad because they only restrict them from contacting witnesses. Oh, no, they don't. Moreover, they restrict them only from inciting others to harass these witnesses. That is the definition of overbroad. 
because it doesn't explain what that means. What if I say something and I'm like, Jennifer McCabe sucks. I say something like that. And then one of you people goes down there and says, Hey, she, she, she tell, and you tell her to her face that she sucks. Did I incite that? It could be determined as that. That's what we need to figure out. Dumb shit. So anyway, he can't spell. Oh, he's such an idiot. All right. So yeah, that's, um, that's what we're up against tomorrow. Again, I'm again, the more I learn about this case and the more I read about how weak it is, the more confident I become that we are going to fuck shit up in court, man. We are going to destroy these motherfuckers. But let me read a couple turtle chats here. Um, we have here 25 bucks from Kathleen. It says, what will happen at the hearing? Can charges be dismissed? No, that requires a motion to dismiss, which is coming. But the first thing we need to do is, is get rid of these stay away orders or, or clarify them. So that is what we're going to be doing tomorrow. I have confidence that Judge Krupp will uphold the First Amendment and will see our side because, again, you see how weak Ken Mello's arguments are here. I just sliced and diced them. I got this at 5 o'clock. Boom. Right. I took half an hour before trick-or-treating. Boom. Roasted Ken Mello. Destroyed his soul. He's done. I didn't even go to law school. He's buried. Got him. So that's what happens tomorrow. Uh, also, Sema sends another five bucks says me again you should cite the protesters who arrested who were arrested who arrested the pro the protesters who arrested the protesters at mayor Wu's house one of them got the charges dropped by the judge it was in the herald her name was shannon Llewellyn. I'll, i will look that one up that's a good i think that's a good one the mayor Wu protesters um Also, we got a couple cash apps here. First, uh, one cash app, brother. Scott sends 20 bucks and says, Marshmallow. Oh, dude, how are we? How have we not named the Marshmallow yet? <laughs> marshmallow will be crushed tomorrow. Yes. Roasted marshmallows tomorrow, for sure. Roasted marshmallows for everyone tomorrow in Norfolk Superior Court. So, um, I mean, I like it. Based on what I was just reading there, I'm like, every time I read a filing from these people, I realize how weak their case is. And I, and I look forward to smoking them more and more and more. And we don't have, they don't have Judge Canoni to save them. We have a real judge now. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And we're going to have a different judge in Stoughton District Court because tomorrow O'Malley retires and uh, we'll see what happens with that. Okay. All right. Um, so I was going to get to the Karen Reed um, 64 page document, but we're just running short on time. Uh, so I will save that for turtle club on Thursday. We'll talk about that more on turtle club on Thursday and I'll have more time to dissect it. But in the meantime, why don't I take any questions you find people have if anyone else wants to donate? You can click at the link at the top. I will read your comments before everyone else's. If you do, uh, you get priority. If you, you click at the link, you donate, you can write whatever message you want. I will get the notification. I will read out loud to the class. Uh, because that's how we do around here. So, um, anyone have any questions? Let me check the chat, the turtle chat. Let's see. Okay. Not yet, but if we do, I'll let you know. All right. Let me take any questions. Am I drunk? No, I'm, I'm perfectly sober. Uh, what do you think will happen tomorrow? Will they drop the protection orders completely? Uh, you know, I can't, your guess is as good as mine, Adam. Um, I think we make a strong, like you heard my attorney at the hearing. He said like, no, we're like on the courthouse steps. He's like, no, we're going, we, we're not looking just to modify this. We want them dropped. 
Now they maybe they they split it halfway. Maybe they maybe they modify. I don't know, but I think we have we're we're making a damn good case here to have it dropped, and they're not putting up much of a fight. Yes, that's the cash up. Um, yes, you can go inside the courthouse. It's an open court. Anyone can sit there. It fits about 150 people. Why is Jim Ferris so rude? That's what I went to Canton to find out. And he wouldn't even talk to me. He was rude to me there. Wouldn't even talk to me. Sneak peek thoughts on the Cameron Reed filings. Um, basically, they it's it's I think after reading that document, it's going in front of one. SJC justice by the name of Kafker, Justice Kafker. And I believe that Kafker will overturn Judge Canoni's ruling. These people like to overturn lower judges, it's what they get off on. And I think, I mean, Alan Jackson and David Yanetti and, and Liza Littles, they're fought, they're, it's so persuasive the things that they point out, why they need Jennifer McCabe's phone. And a really good point, which really hasn't been made that much, that they bring up in the filings is that Jennifer McCabe herself handed over her phone and the police forensically analyzed it. So you can't make the argument that this is some sort of, that there's nothing of interest in Jennifer McCabe or Brian Albert's phone, especially Jennifer McCabe's phone, because they would never have forensically analyzed it in the first place if they thought there was nothing of interest in there. And I think that's a really good point. So it's filled with stuff like that. Um, and I think that, you know, it's it's just cool that it, it, the whole purpose of this is to overturn. This is why we have higher courts to overturn bad judges like Justice Canoni. They are not the final say in anything. And it's interesting, by the way, that I have still not been indicted in federal court. I thought that was happening 100 percent. I still could be, but it hasn't happened yet, which is interesting. Maybe I will be. I don't know. But I, if I were a betting man, I would predict that Justice Kafker, he has now taken this under advisement, which means he's reading it. And if he thinks it's, it does, he does not have the ability to make a decision on it. He has the ability to decide whether or not a hearing will be held. And if he does, and I don't see why he wouldn't allow a hearing. And I think, you know, you have a hearing about this. Alan Jackson's going to win. David United's going to win. Liza Little's going to win. Karen Reed's going to win. So I think if, if I think at the end of the day, I do believe that the rule 17 denial of the cell phones of Brian Albert and Jennifer McCabe's cell phone, because people forget about Jennifer McCabe too. They believe there's more shit there that Rick Green didn't even find because there were no calls on Jennifer's call log from like between like 12 and five or something like that. Like, like between like one and five which seems hard to believe based on her track record for the rest of the day. So you can't, by taking someone's phone and plugging it into the machine and downloading it and for, like there is shit that can get missed, but what can't get missed are your, your records at Verizon or AT&T of everything you did. That can't be erased. And that's what they want. They want the records. So there, I think it's going to get overturned. And when it does, there is going to be a, sh I mean, think of what's in those phones, man. They're trying so hard to hide them. That will be the beginning of the end. That, that is, fuck the FBI. 
If they get those phones, it's fucking over. It is over. Done. We know it's done because they're going to such great lengths to prevent them from getting it. So there's my thoughts on that. Any denial of what the un, any idea of what the undeniable picks and evidence of conflicted proctor evidence will be revealed. Um, it involves taillight. And some people have posted about it already and have kind of noticed something. They've noticed something. I think Sean in the Gulf or somebody made a post about it. I don't even remember when, but just look very closely at Karen Reed's taillight when it's towed out of her parents' home in Dighton from the side. And then look at it when it leaves One Meadows Ave. Look at it very closely. Look at every bulb on there. Look at what, what illuminates and everything. And just remember that if any of the red part that is illuminated, any of the red part that's illuminated on her taillight when she leaves Meadows or when it's towed from her parents' home in Dighton, if any of that red part is entered into evidence by the Commonwealth as being found at 34 Fairview Road, if any of it aligns with that, it is undeniable proof that the taillight was planted. Maybe not even necessarily by Proctor. So I say Proctor, but it could be someone else. We don't know. It's not our job to find out who. It doesn't matter who, quite frankly. The feds can figure that out. As far as Karen Reed's concerned, all that matters is that it was planted there. And there may or may not be strong evidence out there, discovery, if you will, that the Commonwealth may or may not have inserted into evidence showing pieces of red taillight that they claim were found at Fairview Road that are illuminated in the video from One Meadows Ave and in Dighton. I'm just saying, that would be a very, very damning if something like, but I don't know anything about that. Just like I don't know anything about anyone 911 tape. I don't know anything about that. I'm just hypothesizing here. Just saying. All right, next. Um, yeah, Chris Hansen was the ultimate ambush reporter. Exactly. I saw comments regarding DNA found on Karen's taillight. So David Yanetti made a comment in court that I remembered. Remember, he's like, there were three, there were three DNA things found on John's taillight. Remember he said that? And John is only one person. So who do the other two belong to? So if you do the math in your head there, what was David Yanetti suggesting? He was suggesting that somebody else must have touched that taillight with their hands and gotten their DNA on it. And we need to find out who that is. So I think that's what they're talking about there. There was some weird shit. Like the, let me pull up the, in the Karen Reed case, I'm going to pull up the actual thing that was filed because I can't see this is impounded. So I can't see it. None of you can. So I go to Karen Reed. The most recent filing in this case says, The motion says the Commonwealth's motion to impound Commonwealth's Exhibit A 
in support of Commonwealth's motion for protective order pertaining to DNA profiles of investigating law enforcement officers. So DNA profiles of investigating law enforcement officers, and they're trying to impound that information. So you do the math here. Who in this case is, is considered an investigating law enforcement officer? Ask yourself that. Who is what? And what are they trying to impound here? What, what does it say? It says the motion to impound the Commonwealth's Exhibit A in support of Commonwealth's motion for protective order pertaining to DNA profiles. So DNA profiles of law enforcement officers. So it sounds like here that there's going to be some DNA submitted into evidence by what's the word they use? Investigating law enforcement officers. So you do the math there. Who's the investigating law enforcement officers in the Karen Reed case? Because we now know, according to these filings here, even though we can't read them, that they're submitting DNA. And who would be submitting DNA and why? Why would a cop be submitting DNA in this case? Perhaps they're trying to, I don't know, you tell me. There's DNA on John Shue that was found. Was there five pieces of DNA on John Shue? Who, who do those belong to? David Yannetti also pointed out in court that there was DNA found on taillight. Remember he made a joke about that? He's like, how could there be three? I'd have to pull up the clip. I remember he's like, how could there be three pieces of DNA? So that's what, it, I mean, you do the math there. That, that's what, I don't know shit because I can't, because it's impounded, but that's what it sounds like to me. Just saying. Do you think they added Colin to the witness list solely to, to charge you? No, I think they're, they're just protecting him because he's a little bitch. Because he's like, you know, because they've been, this whole thing is Operation Protect Colin. So I think this is just aligning with that. I think it will just be modified because the victims are entitled to some sort of protection. Yeah, but how do you, the question is, how do you modify it without violating my First Amendment rights? What are you wearing? I got a new suit. My stylist picked it out, so I'll be wearing it tomorrow. No, no update on uh, Judge... I'm sure Brett's very sad that his mass murdering friend is dead. Do you think the state police arrested kids today for witness intimidation for trespassing on lawns? I know. <laughs> uh, okay. Imagine they say this. That'd be funny. Yeah. So afraid of Camilla's here. Um, Do you see yourself taking time off during? The, I always take a time off during the holidays, always. But uh, I always follow this. I'm always watching. All right. I have not interviewed Brian Wanless. I would like to. But again, I have not really pursued the Wanless angle as much as that's more of a Sean of the Gulf thing. Why does nobody bring up that there was no blood on Karen's car? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. There's a lot of things isn't brought up. All right, I'm trying to catch up on the comments. Yeah, Brian Albert's still not, I'm still not being charged. People ask me this on Rakita Law. 
Why haven't you been charged with it? I don't know. Maybe just they're like, yeah, we got him enough on him. It's, I mean, it's kind of humiliating to, to, you know, have to say what Colin did and be like, I'm, I'm sad and I'm scared. You can't, that's humiliating. And maybe Brian Albert doesn't want to humiliate himself like that. He's more of an alpha, you know, he's the guy that fucks your wife in front of him. Whereas, you know, Carl and Chris are the ones that sit in the corner and watch. So different dynamic here. Oh, mushroom tip mellow. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm trying to catch up on the comments here. There's absolutely no way they found that many pieces of tail eight. Not possible. Exactly. It doesn't align with the Meadows video. It just doesn't align with it. There's no way 35 pieces are missing. Uh, you can't stream from inside the court. They only allow one pool camera to do that. You should see the tweets between Sean and Kevin. Have they been going at it? I mean, Kevin has just lost his mind on social media. Kevin is just there. He's there for us to make fun of. He's not a serious person. Hasn't been for a while. Sorry, trying to catch up. Oh, it's, uh, now people were guessing whose DNA, you know, we'll see. I don't have much new on the Julia Mejia case. It's going slowly. It's kind of taking a backseat to this. He did make a joke in court about it. I remember that. I'm saying like there was something he said about like, th why are there three DNAs on it? And now all of a sudden law enforcement, what is the only piece of evidence that law enforcement officers involved in this case have been accused of touching the taillight, right? So we know that Proctor and, and Buchanan and Tully, it's all been alluded that they might have planted taillight. So, and now some law enforcement officers are submitting DNA. So you tell me, you tell me. And they want to impound that stuff. They don't want to let us know who it is. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, Tom, yeah, Tom DeRozier will, will be there tomorrow. I'm sure Tom does a great job. Check out uh, Tom CPU. I'm sure he'll be streaming outside there. Also, shout out to the LTL podcast, who I was happy to go on a couple weeks ago. Maybe I'll jump on there again sometime. He was a cool guy from Attleboro. He'll be there tomorrow doing the same. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember they said Proctor never went to the scene? Somehow the lead detective never went to the scene. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I like how Reddington likes Apple Health data. Sometimes he's not really denying the Apple Health data for his client Lindsey Clancy. Maybe he should try that because you can just be like, "No, it does. That doesn't count. It that's fake. That's just fake." Because I said so. Because I said it's fake. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, where can I buy Turtle Board merch? Right on the Turtle Boy store. Get all your daddy gear on the store. What are you always drinking in your big cup? I drink iced coffee actually at night. Did the Celts and the Bruins look great? Thank God for those two teams, huh? We need them bad to get us through the winter because the Pats suck. 
was the any info on the non-human hair? Um, nope. Sorry, I'm trying to catch up here. Did Kate Peter plead guilty? Crusty panties. Um, she pled. Yeah, she admitted guilt. She admitted guilt and took a quaff, a continuance without a finding. So basically, she was advised by her attorney that if she took it to trial, that she would lose because the it's overwhelming evidence against her, uh, violation of the harassment prevention order. So you that you would get maximum punishment for that. So her, her lawyer wisely urged her, which he's probably been urging for a while to admit to guilt in court. You have to admit to guilt in court. And then the judge hands you a continuance without a finding. If you have no prior convictions, which she does not. And what that means is for the next year, she's basically on probation. If she violates the order against her in any way, shape or form, or is charged with any crime during that, the charges come back. If she doesn't, then the charges are dismissed. But she has since been charged by the Stoughton police with violating the harassment prevention order. So like that, the quaff is not going to work out the way she thinks it does. And crazy turn of events here, crazy turn of events. The Stoughton police called me a few days ago and they, and they said that, did you witness? Like We heard that you were a witness and you saw Kate Peter violate a harassment prevention order by being in the same courtroom in Stoughton as the victim. And I said, yes, I actually had a perfect angle of it. I saw crusty panty sitting right there with her big smug smile thinking that she got me. And then I saw the victim standing 15 feet away. And then I saw the victim and two other women walk into the court directly past K Peter looking for seating. I saw Kate Peter look at the victim. She knew she had an order against her because she didn't go to the renewal hearing. Kate Peter didn't go to. And that's the order was extended. And she saw the victim. And she has a duty at that point to leave. You must leave. It does not matter what you're there for. You can no longer be there. I believe she's argued that uh, she was there to meet with Ken Mello. It doesn't matter. Meetings canceled. The meetings canceled. You have to leave. You might not like it, but you got to go. And she didn't go. So now I was a direct witness to this because I'm standing there in shackles watching it happen. And so now I'm a witness. Well, here's a twist. Now that I'm a witness against her in court, any attempts of her to harass me on social media or anything is witness intimidation. <laughs> Don't you love it? I'm a witness in this. And so if she attempts to intimidate me or, or if I perceive, I mean, if we're doing it by the things that I'm being charged of, that's the standard. Oh boy. Oh boy. She should watch what she says about this witness in her trial because I'm a witness against her and any attempts to get me to alter my testimony. Oh boy. That's not going to, that's a felony. So she should probably take it easy. You know? Maybe go back to Chile to Castro or Cyrax or somebody she's more well-equipped to deal with because I ain't the guy. Theoretically, 
Uh, technically, Proctor or Bukaki's DNA should not be on the tail fragments. Exactly. Because they should have worn gloves. Exactly. So we'll see. Yanetti said you were trying to say my client hit three people on that was that was the wisecrack. That's right. Because there was three people's DNA on that. So that's that's what I believe that motion is about. Uh okay. Yeah, that's the, the only reason to go on Kevin's videos on the yellow brick road there, uh yellow tails, whatever. Um is to just read the comments and just watch them get roasted. It's kind of funny, it, but it's kind of a waste of time because then he calls you a mindless mob and you know, you, you, you're obviously not. And then you roast him some more and he, he's just in double down mode at this point. He's got no other move, but to keep doubling down. Thank you. Insane Juan. I appreciate that. Appreciate that kind, sir. Uh, warm, warm uh, messages about tomorrow. We appreciate that. Well, they've undefeated in regulation. Undefeated in regulation. That you get a point for the overtime loss. Can someone let the boomers hear now when they want to respond angrily to someone's comment about how they don't know how to use the computer that they have to click reply? <laughs> Is that happening? It's funny. Did you see KP trolling you last night with four different names? No, I didn't read any of them. I, I was on Rakita Law. It's like, I'm not reading the comments on there. So if they were actually there, I didn't see them. I didn't respond. I He brought up that one woman, Michelle, I guess. I don't know who she is. Maybe she's a, a Peter Eater, as they call him. Um, a crusty crustacean. But, you know, they just got roasted by Nick himself. He just roasted them. So that was funny. When will you get a new mailbox? I've got the new mailbox put in like five times. I keep paying to get new mailboxes installed and then the plow hits them every fucking time. So I just have the, I just taped, I just got the rope out there. Cause it's like, well, I'm not going to keep paying for new mailboxes because it's going to get hit by the plow again. It's a guarantee. I'm in an endless war with the mouse and the plow guy. Yeah, a quaff means she has to admit there is sufficient evidence. If she gets charged again, it goes right to trial. Exactly. I mean, she can show up tomorrow. I don't give a shit. I welcome, I don't care if she comes to my court hearings at all. Welcome. You can have fun at the show. Watch the show. It's going to be entertaining. No, Bert, really, he's... Friends, he had a whole stream, a rant. I don't know if he took it down, in which he's like defends the killer. Like it's crazy. He's like, don't talk shit about him. He's a good guy. We went fishing together. He's mentally ill. Leave him alone.
Um, yeah, Stoughton PD may have intentionally done you a solid. I mean, I don't care. She doesn't bother me that much. Wait, was she actually on there or were her people on there? Because I don't see her comments if she does. All right. Oh, thank you, Alex. Love you too. Appreciate it. Old school turtle rider there. She's been around a bit. She's been around a bit. She tagged me on an X. It's Twitter, Courtney. I refuse to call it X. It'll never be X to me. And I, again, I think I respond to it with like a joke. I don't really take it very seriously. How do I send a donation? The link is at the top for turtle chat. Let me actually refresh. I don't want to miss anyone. Oh yeah. Erica Madden sends $25 and says, the stylist and pocket squares are on point. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you very much, Erica. I appreciate that for the stylist. I have a stylist. How cool is that? That's very cool. Okay. Because um, I don't know how to dress myself. I don't know what I'm doing. No, it was not Lucky. Lucky would be very careful around my mailbox. They have no problem getting surveillance of you in courthouse, so it should be a walk in the park for them to get the footage. That's a good point. That's a good point. No, I really haven't. John says that Turtle Boy has never says he never studied studied law. I want to call BS on that so bad. I haven't. I mean, I I feel like I would be a really good lawyer. I feel and like by really good, I mean rich. Like I realized how many mediocre attorneys are out there when I saw Alan Jackson in action and then watched Adam Lally go right after. It's like, oh, wow, there's some really bad lawyers out there. And then I saw my court-appointed guy. It's just like, man. And the, and those guys are probably, everybody's making six figures as a lawyer. I'm like, holy shit, I'd be making seven. No problem. So there's a link at the pin to the top, Gracie, if you'd like to send a dono. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't message Lizzie Proctor. So uh, I can't message her and let her know that daddy told you so. I can't, I can't do it. Biff, yeah, I didn't see, again, I don't know who Biff is, um, if he's leaving comments. I don't take those people seriously. They they literally just, it's probably just her. I mean, who cares, you know? They're sad people that that's their life. They just follow me around. It must hurt them, too, because Nick Rakita has got like 650,000 subs. He's very well known in the law community on YouTube. And I'm getting invited on a show. And I'm getting invited on TimCast. And I'm getting invited on, you know, a lot of big platforms. and and they're like turtle boy is failing turtle boy is doing bad things are going horribly for turtle boy what's it like to live with that level of delusion like imagine looking at what i'm what i've done in the last few months and be like he's failing okay keep telling yourself that
Okay. Um, sorry, I'm just going to go all the way to the most recent comments here. You think you think it's Richio, huh? I, I don't do the game where I try to figure out who the trolls are because you'll get a headache doing that. It's just not worth it. Bottom line is if they don't use their real name, I don't take them seriously. If any of them are at the court tomorrow and, you know, try to, you know, I just ignore them, you know. I didn't even notice that Richio was there at the last one. I'm like, oh, he was there. I found out afterwards. I honestly didn't even notice him. Yes, the December 16th is the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. Dope. So anyway, guys, um, let me just refresh the donos one more time so I don't miss anyone. Then I'm going to call it a night. Yeah, we're, we're good. Okay. So thank you guys, everybody, for coming. Hope to see some of you at court tomorrow. Probably do an impromptu stream afterwards. And then we will talk to you guys later on. I'm going on another show tomorrow called The Baker. Sorry, I don't want to fuck this up. The Broken Baker. The Broken Baker. So anyway, guys, we'll see you guys all tomorrow. Peace, Turtle Riders.